This is the Blockade Podcast with your hosts, Chris and Jared. Wizardamusement.com, the site to visit for custom pinball shooter rods. Easy to install, totally unique. Mention Blockade Podcast for 10% off your order. Wizardamusement.com, sales, restoration, customization. You are listening to the Blockade Podcast. I am your host, Chris Freebus, a.k.a. Shut Your Trap. Joining me as always from Australia, Jared Morgan. G'day, Chris. How are you? I am doing well. Uh, I just completed uh, doing some pinball playing on Twitch for our uh, turn of the month. We'll uh, get into that in a moment. But uh, the thing I'm not doing well about is my goddamn printer. (laughs) Yes. Yes, so uh, I've got this Hewlett Packard desk jet, and I've had it for a couple of years, maybe three years total. Mm-hmm. And uh, a year after I had had it, it was finally time to change the ink cartridge out. So I did that, and when I did that, it no longer printed. It would print color, but it would not print uh, the black ink. So I had uh, gone to HP Tech Support, contacted them, and they quickly informed me that uh, I was one month out of warranty, and therefore they really shouldn't be able to help me. And so I raged and screamed at them and said, really, this is how you stand behind your product. And uh, they proceeded to run me through a whole bunch of troubleshooting whereby they were trying to pin the blame on me and my computer. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) First starting, oh, well, do you have the latest firmware updates? And, uh, oh, okay, well, let's make sure you have those. And do you have all this? And I kept on telling him, this is the part that bugs me about tech support people, is you go, it was printing. I stopped printing. I put in new ink. It no longer printed. Nothing happened to the firmware in between that time period. Clearly, the, the thing that changed was me changing the ink. But no, they'll run around every other possible situation. So then they started saying, oh, it's your printhead. Your printhead has probably gone bad. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. And they're like, well, it probably needs cleaning. Well, did you run through all the, you know, in... Cleaning diagnostics. Exactly. I'm like, yes. I ran through every single one of those things. All it ever does is prints my color ink, which now, by the way, I'm running low on color ink for all these diagnostics that I've run. So yeah, care, to send, care to send me out some freebies <laughs> because exactly, your diagnostics right? cost me money, right? Yeah. And so then they go, they go, oh well, what's your what's your printer ink levels on the color? And I was like, oh well, it's low. They're going to be need to change soon. But according to the little you know online the screen guide thing, which by the way, all it's doing is reading the computer chip for how many prints it's done. It's not actually telling you how much ink is literally in the cartridge. <laughs> mm. It's like so you have got approximately three print jobs left. Give or take a print job. Exactly, and that's how it measures the measures the level. So yeah. they uh, they go, oh, well, you need to change all the inks. I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, really? Why is why is changing all the inks going to suddenly make the black ink work? You know, but yeah. they're like, no, no, you need to change all the inks. And I was like, that's absolutely asinine. That's ridiculous. The, the color ink is working right now. So. Mm. Then after more uh, yelling and screaming and uh, and all that jazz, they finally determined that I probably had a b- bad printer cartridge. So, oh, really? 
my thing was is well i had already gone and exchanged the one that didn't work and i went to a different store and bought one from them and that didn't work and so then they said oh well we're not quite sure what's going on with that tell you what we'll send you one out so okay yeah so i had to wait you know a week and a half while hewitt packard sent me a new printer ink cartridge i put that in and it worked all of a sudden magically oh my printer, yeah my printer head is no longer the problem and you know everything's working brilliantly so oh right okay right. that's weird why would it why mm, okay I, <laughs> yeah right i i don't i can't even fathom i guess i have no idea what what the issue would possibly be and all that Hewlett Packard was saying was, oh, well, you really shouldn't uh, take your, your printer ink down to the point where you notice that the print quality is degrading. Uh. What? <laughs> what are you talking about? So anyway, since that time, I've changed the printer ink cartridge once. And it worked that right. one time, right? Granted, I didn't take it down to, you know, where it was starting to print gray. I, you know, saw the little guy on the thing, said you're low on ink, and I changed it then, and it continued to work. So that one cartridge that I've changed it for just died. And when I say dying, it wasn't dead yet. It was just starting to get kind of gray on the color. Yeah. And I went, okay. So my son had a report that was due at school uh, this past week. I was like, well, why yeah. don't I go get some nice brand new ink so that he has a nice crisp black uh, text mm. for his report. So I went purchased the brand new ink, went, plunked the cartridge in, pushed print. It printed off two pages whereby it completely faded to white and then didn't print. <laughs> right. I went, wait a wow. second. This all seems familiar. I remember this debacle from last time. I do. So sure enough, I went onto Hewlett Packard's website and went to their tech support and went into the forums. And, you know, when there are quite a few people complaining of the exact same thing that you're experiencing i.e it was printing gray i changed the cartridge it gave me two sheets and then went to white mm, it's probably not oh. my printer it's probably something to do with your product it's probably something to do with your consumables which seem to be a little bit crap um, a little bit crap yeah yeah <laughs> and of course when you go to when you go to the uh tech support on their website it's Oh, well, your printer's out of warranty. We can't help you. Great. We can help you if you call this phone number, but we'll charge you to talk to our techs. <laughs> you know what's going to be cheaper? Taking well, the printer, printer. Going, put in the bin, and going and getting a Canon, because Canon say, are much better. I'm going to either go with a Canon or I'm going to go with an Epson. I'm not going to yeah. go with a Hewlett Packard. <laughs> go with a Canon. That's a, we we have never not got a Canon printer ever really? since we started buying printers, and they are great. They great. They we did have a, a printhead issue on one of the models, um, and it was just like it was actually cheaper to buy a new printer than a printhead. So we went whatever. We probably need a new one anyhow. We got one of these cool multifunction ones with scanners and everything on it, and like a a, a actual like document feed and everything like that. So it's really good. It well, has to be. That was a sad thing. We had had a Hewlett Packard printer uh, prior to this one that we currently have. The only reason why I'd gotten rid of that one was when I upgraded to Windows 8. Yeah. Mm. When I'd upgraded to Windows 8, um, I'd previously been on XP and the that particular printer did not, you had no drivers for Windows 8. Mm. So that was yeah. why I had to buy a new 
new printer. Um, yeah. We had not had a single issue with that other printer, which was mm -hmm. like, like a Hewlett Packard. It worked like a beast, and we had it for years and years and years. Never had an issue. And then we buy this pile of crap. <laughs> and it's like, right, never again. Hewlett Packard, you're dead to me. Yes, pretty yeah. much. It's like, you know, and they they wouldn't have been dead to me if their customer service had been, you know, nice instead of, you yeah. know, blaming me and everything yeah. rather than blaming their crap product that is amply available via the forums of how crap it actually is. <laughs> See, that would have worked. That would have worked back in the early 90s when there wasn't really great internet around. Right. And you know, people didn't have the knowledge that other people had. It's like, oh, well, yeah, it must be my fault. Like, mm, I don't know. They, they, I mean, they're the manufacturer. They must know what they're talking about. But now it's like, no. <laughs> we're, well, we're you know, when you, do, when you do a Google search and you literally are typing, okay, DeskJack 3520 will not, and then it fills in the rest, print black ink. Yeah. <laughs> you know went, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. There's a few index results in Google for that one. <laughs> Just a few, you know. And oh, then when dear. there's about, you can go through maybe four pages of Google and just you see, you know, tag after tag after tag on it. Yeah. That, you know. yeah. yeah. This is not isolated just to me. So, no. no. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I guess I now have to go buy a new printer. Yeah. A new Canon. A new Canon. Make sure you get one with um, like Google Cloud Print or something like that. I know you're an iOS shop over there, but the Cloud Print thing is really cool. I think you can use it with Apple as well, and it allows you to print um, uh, everything wirelessly. That's what mine is currently. Yours is a Cloud Print one, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now the cloud Printer is got a scanner and copying, and uh, you know the only thing it doesn't have is a fax machine because it's not 1998. Um, well, yeah, who okay. needs it except for you know how often I still get requested? Oh, can you fax that over? It's like, what? Yeah, yep, I know. I was gonna say, the America is it's got some very archaic technology that you guys rely on over there. Oh, it's, for, it's amazing. You're like, business. You're, I can't use email. You know, you're like, I'm doing this all from my phone right now. I can easily take a picture, send it to you, be you know, be done with it, or send you the email mm. file. That, no, we need a fax. It's <laughs> like, so I'm gonna to have to go to the post office or to right. like uh, like somewhere that actually has the fax machine yep. I can pay for yep. and send I this. I literally had to do that. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, crazy business, man. Crazy. Hey, uh, you have now had a chance to play Alien versus Spinball. Am I correct? Oh yes, I have. Yeah, you I have. Did. It was insta buy as soon as I got the the uh, push notification on um, Android the other day. <laughs> so after I gave the glowing review of the game uh, last week, uh, do you concur? Do you uh, think I'm full of crap, or are you on the fence? I well, as far as uh, loving the game, I'm absolutely concur with you. Like all all the games that they have are great. Um, I think for me, my least favorite table is isolation. Okay. Um, I don't know why that is, but I. I'm still trying to work it out. I think I need to play it more to understand why. I think it's it just doesn't have the same sort of flow as um, the Aliens versus Predator or Alien Table. Um, no, I it's love not a flow table. It's definitely a catch and shoot no. table. Yeah, I think that's probably why I'm I'm a little bit sort of cold on it. But um, what I do like is the 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 linear mode progression on Aliens. I think that should just be a hard setting, not to actually have it. <laughs> have it choosable it should just be yes you're playing in movie order and that's how you're playing it because it's great like 
the the good thing is by doing that is you get much better at the modes like the video mode, the video drive video mode sort of thing mm -hmm. at the beginning with the APC. Um, I can do that easily now. Um, and the and as you move up more, you do the turrets and all that sort of stuff. That's actually getting easier and easier every time through. So you actually get better by actually getting better in the game, <laughs> <laughs> strangely enough. And I think that's a really good mechanic to use. Like, um, what other games have done that in a pinball world? I guess, um, like, the some of the earlier Solid State sort of had that type of progression as well, where you had to do things sometimes in a linear fashion. And I think with the, the different modes that you have in real pinball now, where you can just activate, you can actually usually change what mode is um, selected by either using a cabinet button or like maybe the pop bumpers might change which mode is selected or something like that. I think if it's telling a story, and we both know that um, Zen tables are designed to tell a story, I think it needs to be linear. And um, I think they made a good decision, giving you like a, a conscious decision to make at the beginning of the table for that. You know, interestingly enough, the new Ghostbusters table is going mm. to be linear with its modes. And that was one of the things that a lot of people were like, ew. And that's just going to mm. get repetitive. So I well, think nice about this I, that it gives you the choice. You can either you can choose to go linearly, or you can choose to you know jump around. And I think I think that's an, a really good compromise. I think it will only get tedious for Ghostbusters. There could be some justification with that because, like, it's going to be set up uh, for a lot of people in the arcade who can't afford to buy one and right. of course arcade owners want to get their playtime as low as possible so they're going to be setting everything hard and that means that getting to seal the modes like you were saying last time is really going to be difficult um so that will be the disadvantage there i think um but yeah in a digital world i guess with zen you, you can just play it over and over and over again so it doesn't really matter um and you know potentially when ghostbusters eventually makes it into the digital landscape um, the Stern Ghostbusters, you know, that may not really be a problem. I mean, you know, we're going to have to wait a while for that, I think. But, um, you know, we'll have to see what happens with that regard, I think. True, true. So, uh, mm. all right, so you like the linear mode of the alien table. Mm. Uh, what did you think? And I liked um, the, for Aliens versus Predator, I agree with you, the, the voice acting is a little bit um, amateurish. A little bit? Yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. It's, <laughs> it is. It's terrible. It's actually. I made the remark on. I think it was like a hangout with you during the week. It was sort of like they were football commentating the match between Aliens right. versus Predator. Right. Not really in there. And I know in the movie they were actually in there, like right amidst the action, watching which these fun, two which, races <laughs> battle. Right. I wound so, up. I wound up watching that on Alien Day. Of all the Alien movies that I could pick to celebrate the day with, I was like, you know what? I haven't watched in forever. I haven't watched AVP. So I threw that in. <laughs> and did, were, were there regrets doing that or was it okay? No, it's, it's okay. It's, um, I don't think it's a terrible movie. Uh, there are certainly criticisms that can be levied against it. No doubt about it. Um, mm. but the, the main crime that they commit in that is the gestation time between face hugger to full blown or from, Facehugger to chestburster to full-grown alien. It takes place in like 20 minutes. I mean, it's ridiculously oh, really? fast. Ridiculously fast. Um, yeah. And it wouldn't have been all that difficult because while it's happening, they're lost in the maze of the of the pyramid. They very yeah. easily could have made it where they wind up having to camp for a day in the pyramid. Yeah. 
you know, and being yep. separated. And that would have been enough time for me to go, okay, I guess that's long enough for the chestburster to gestate. Because that's plausible, in, yeah, guess. because in the movie in Alien, <clears throat> you know, that thing was latched on to, to uh John Hurt. <laughs> I forget what his actual <laughs> what his character's name was. Um anyway, it was latched onto his face for at least a day. I mean, it was latched on long enough that they had to bring him back to the ship, put him in med bay, did some studies on the thing. I mean, that thing was latched on, whereas in the movie, the face hugger literally it attaches, and within 10 minutes it has unattached. And probably five minutes after that is bursting out. Oh right, yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> that's seriously advanced gestation for sure. Yeah, so that's that's the the main main complaint with that movie that that I have that it just doesn't work story wise. But um, it did make it's me. Cool game. That's like, it's seriously like they've done some cool things with it, like that um that heat mode. Yes, looks so good. It does. Like that's just. It looks fantastic, and it's um, yeah, it's even on mobile it looks good. I can't imagine how good it would look on um on PC, but yeah, it's very cool. That's the probably the highlight for me of that table is when it goes into heat mode, and you get it for a couple of different things too, don't you? You get it for the um, uh, the saber mode. Is it sabers where it actually has like the wrist um yes. The wrist things. Yeah, and that's where you're, where you're hitting the lane four times or something like that. Uh, will activate. Yeah. That and then there's the actual mode mode, uh, that you one of the selectable modes that it also goes into heat vision, I, I believe. Yeah, and he, I think that's where they go into berserk mode, and he's just like, I yeah, guess they call it berserk mode, and you just got to shoot all the things. I like shooting all the things, that's, that's, <laughs> my, that's my type of mode. Um, yeah, I, what about isolation? Like, for I don't. I, I have a lot of trouble making the shots in that game for some reason. Like I, I they're tough. I have a lot of trouble. Yeah, I have a lot of trouble making the the um, not the filing cabinet, but the um, the locker to hide from the alien. I just mm -hmm. when I'm under pressure, I just can't do it. And there's that the sick bay or the med, med bay. bay. Yeah, med bay. Well, no, I think they med do call it sick ramp. bay. They call it sick, sick bay. bay ramp. That's a that's a devilish ramp to try and get. Yes. Um, it's it's a hard shot. So, yeah, that one's really for when you're feeling really dialed in with Zen games, you can go and hit that. But the other two are quite good um, as far as um, play-wise goes. I think uh, Alien certainly wins for its integration with the theme, though. Like, it's got that all the quotes in the movie, and yeah, it's just so deeply integrated with the movie. It's basically like playing through it in real life. It's fantastic. They've really captured it there. So I well, think like it's I said, a great if they job. just had gotten, uh, you know, been able to use James Horner's music, that would have put it completely over the top. You know. Yeah. Uh, but I, I do think that they did a pretty good job with the music. That they I didn't even notice anyway. any issues. I didn't notice any issues with that music. It was perfectly for me. It fit the game perfectly. Yeah. I hadn't actually watched Aliens for a long time, so um, I don't remember the theme music as such, but. Uh, like it even it sounds like it opens with the theme music like when you're doing the mm -hmm. launch nope everything it's still, it's still different <laughs> so you could have fooled me it sounds it sounds pretty accurate to me so yeah they've done a good job and you're right the keeping everything downplayed and really quite sort of atmospheric while you're playing the game is a great move i also love that in a lot of those games all the sound effects like when you hit something are just computer bleeps and bloops yes and and I like it when you're trying to complete the um, the rollover lanes uh, for the in lanes. That if you if you mess it up, 
I think this is in the Aliens versus Predator table. But if you mess it up, it actually unlights the lane. It does it on all the tables. Mm, I like it. It's it actually that's makes, devilish to me. <laughs> it's me. It's great. <laughs> but there's it's been really, times it's, when it's I've had good. three of the four lanes lit, and then within mm-hmm. the span of about twenty seconds, unlit all the lanes, and I'm like, ah! <laughs> yeah. I know. I think it would have been easier if they actually had the left flipper controlling the left bank of lanes and the right flipper controlling the right bank of lanes, so it only oscillated three times. Mm. Uh, That would have been a little bit more um, easier to get, but yeah, I've unlit lanes so many times, I can't even count it. (laughs) (laughs) But I I like that element because it adds adds an extra bit of strategy to something that normally has zero strategy to it, which is rollover lanes. Well, and on top of that, the it, rollover lanes are being used for your um, uh, ball save, or not the ball save, the uh, kickbacks. Mm, um, that's right. So, obviously, if you made them too easy, then you'd be constantly having kickbacks and never have to worry about your your left and right out lane. So, mm. it, it does make sense for them to unlight and make that more of a challenge to get. Yeah, I think that's good. I, I like it. I'm I'm very much in favor of it. Certainly not if it was in the arcade. I'd hate their guts for it. But because it's on, because it's actually not in the arcade, and you're playing this over and over again, that extra longevity is a great inclusion to the title. I think. Now the uh, the good news that Zen also presented um, is that they've got some tables on sale. Mm, yeah, they do too, don't they? Yeah, in yeah. honor of May 4th, for May the 4th be with you, they've put all their Star Wars tables on sale. Um, mm. I think one of them was, one of the packs was like 75% off. The rest of them are all 50% off. And then the Force Awakens, uh, Might of the First Order pack, that one's, I believe, 30% off. So if mm. you have not picked up those, now is a heck of a good time to uh, scoop those up. You won't be disappointed if you haven't got any of those Star Wars tables. You like go and get them. They they all play really nicely. They've got the new physics in them, so they got the the stronger um, coils and everything in them. That like all the kickback, uh, not kickback, slingshots and pop bumpers are actually lively, and they play really well. Yeah, they're quite enjoyable. And then uh, because uh, Captain America: Civil War is coming out uh, on. This Friday, uh, they've also announced putting Civil War on sale. Mm. I didn't see how much that was uh, on sale for, but anyway, sure discounts, discounts are abounding. <laughs> I could never understand that game because I've never really been introduced to the Civil War canon at, at all, So, uh, or the comics. Um, so it was sort of like, okay, there's, there's a big explosion thing, and... Now they're fighting and stuff. <laughs> so I should probably watch the movie and see what the heck they're talking about. But I, I just wonder if Zen would ever do like a content update for something like Civil War based on the movie. Like, would they actually do a retheme or something like that based on the movie direction with the series? Like, if they've, you know, I know that the movie is probably trying to like emulate the um the the written stuff that they've got already, but. I just wonder if they would actually tweak it slightly upon release. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, because my understanding, me not being a comic book reader, but being a pop culture person, so I tend to you know, somewhat have my ear to what's going on, but I don't know definitively. Um, mm. My understanding is that the Civil War comic has just a buttload of other characters floating around ah. in it. More than... I mean, think about this. With the movie... Uh, Sony is the one that has the rights to Spider-Man. Disney does mm. not. Uh, 
And so they had to come to an agreement with, uh, with Sony to be allowed to have Spider-Man pop up in this movie. And the trade-off yeah. is that now in the next Spider-Man movie, Iron Man's going to pop up in that. So oh, okay. it's uh, a lot of negotiating had to go on there. So I think with Zen, it's better that they stick to whatever the comic books go with. Because that way they're not tied to the movies, they're not restricted by them, and they can follow the comic book storyline, which is already out and about, and uh, they don't have to worry. And probably considered by most as canon anyhow, really. Exactly. So, yeah. So you want to you want to stick with what is like generally accepted as the the true story. So not to mention you already um, know if that is uh, good, you might say acceptable if the mm. if the fan base has accepted it as opposed to the movie. Mm. I mean, just think about if they made a Green Lantern movie that was based on the Ryan Ryan Reynolds movie. And then everybody goes, well, that movie sucked. Why would I want that as a pinball table? You know, so... Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Very good point. You know, it's, it's my point on why I don't like the Flintstones <laughs> table. It's like, I don't want to be reminded that, you know, Rosie O'Donnell and Rick Moranis and John Goodman were Flintstones. You know, make it all cartoon characters, then I'm happy. But you remind me of that crap movie and forget it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hey, ball saved. That's what I remember over and over. Oh, and over no. Because that's what it says. Every time your balls get saved on it. And Rick Moranis, oh boy, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it, apart from that, that particular table is quite fun. But um, yeah, the its integration with the movie as well. Yeah, it's the movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that can be that can be a hindrance. I mean, yeah, you know. So yeah, maybe <laughs> keeping uh, maybe what Zen has done here is a really smart move. Like just going, yep, we're going to leave that right alone. Yeah, <laughs> just let that ride. Put it on sale so we get more sales. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, we're going to leave it right there. All right, let's uh, let's switch gears once again. You had mentioned that you went on a uh, a trip of some sort. I did. Yeah, yesterday I decided to take a, little, a short drive up the road from where I live to a place called Kabulcha, where there was a very old pinball machine um, sitting in someone's house. It was a, a Hankin Star Wars. Now, the history behind Hankin is that they were Australia's only pinball manufacturer back in the 80s, 70s and 80s, and they released Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back as um, a licensed table, but they didn't have the license for it. <laughs> so, so they just went, you know what? We're going to basically, this is how they, this is quite literally what they thought. Well, what tables are out in the market at the moment? Well, there's Firepower. And there's that really cool, like, Aliens HR Geiger table from um, uh, from Belly. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Space Invaders. Space <laughs> Not <Invaders>. Alien. <laughs> well, they seem to be really popular. Right? So let's nick those playfield designs. We'll put all the firepower stuff at the top. And we'll put the four flippers from Aliens down the bottom. And we'll just put some nice Star Wars theme. We'll put some, like, kick-out holes and Dagobah and stuff like that in there. And hey, we got ourselves a table. You beaut. Let's release it. Um, so they released this game in time for the movie launch, and uh, back in the eighties there. And I think it did pretty well. But they're they're pretty rare tables now. They, you don't see a lot of them around because the biggest problem with them is that all the main boards and controllers in them are just no longer available, or at least readily available. So this one. Um, I was told about and I was asked by one of my colleagues who I work with, this is the thing, right? Like pinball, there's only a couple of degrees of separation between pinball and people because the guy I was working with at, um, at Ladbrokes, he was a, a DevOps guy, but 
he knew this guy who had this table and he goes, oh, so you know about pinball machines? I said, yeah, because they, like, they see me wearing one of my mini pinball uh, shirts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jared, Jared informed me. He sends me this link to a whole bunch of T-shirts uh, that are mm. pinball related. And then he goes, yeah, I, I, my finger, I, I kind of slipped and I, I wound up buying a whole bunch of them. I'm like, yeah, you yeah. just accidentally <laughs> pushed the button to buy. Sure, okay. And, yeah, and there wasn't the about five of the mornings after that of going, are you sure you want to make this purchase? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, it wasn't a hard decision. This is a, <laughs> if you haven't actually seen Twitter yet, it's doubledangerpinball.com. That's a really cool shirts. Um, not your usual sort of pinball shirts, and they have a whole lot of other stuff too, which is cool. Some of which I've actually got on my um, got on my laptop here. Stickers, I got flipper stickers, so I put those on my laptop. Very cool. I think the favorite shirt that Jared got was, uh, and you'll have to. World's okayest pinball. Yes, that's the one. World's <laughs> okayest pinball player. I like that. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> exactly me to a T, really. <laughs> Yeah, that's why I had to get that one because it's just perfect. I wear that along to my tournament and put everyone into a false sense of security, and then I'll absolutely cane them when I um, play my games. <laughs> well, that, I've worn um, my T-shirt that says uh, "Education is important, but pinball is importanter." Yeah, I've, uh, <laughs> that's even that's even bitterer. <laughs> I've, I've, I've worn that one before. <laughs> so anyhow, we uh, I went out and um, checked this one out, and um, it was. It was a big bag. Um, the circuit boards, I don't think, would be salvageable. They they were stored in a wet environment, and um, the on the back of the circuit boards, you know how on most circuit boards, there's like this green sort of film over them. Yeah. Well, that was bubbling on all the tracks. Now that usually <laughs> means that there's been water damage in the tracks, and that that's probably not going to be a good idea to turn them on. And there are other problems with it too. Like you could see the general sort of areas where. Um, the resistors were running hot and they were scorching the boards, but that's pretty common. Um, and there were like, yeah, big rust holes around some of the um, the MOSFETs. MOSFETs are the things that control and sort of switch the power between the flippers. So they're kind of important and there was a lot of rust and a lot of the holes probably weren't viable, like the, the through and through holes where you put the components in. So even if you replace the, the circuitry, it probably wouldn't be really that good to run it mm. on over a long period so what the guy that where our work is going to do he's going to use um uh he's going to adapt a system that ben heck um used for his tiny pinball machine that he made um through his um, maker network and essentially it is it's using the normal sort of pinball controller parts that you would normally use like resistors transistors all that sort of circuitry stuff but it's putting it into a different form um and making it so you can just like run it with stuff like essentially like the raspberry pi and stuff like that as a controller which for those early solid state machines is more than adequate as a processor because you don't need anything more than that um so what i recommended he do is where possible because this machine is quite collectible um keep it as original as possible so use all the um the board connections like on from the play field or the plugs and try and integrate that into his new board that he's making. Um, because one thing that didn't cop a lot of damage was a play field. This thing, like, the, the play field is practically flawless on it. Mm. It looks like it hasn't had a lot of play at all. And uh, there might be a little bit of wear around one of the drop target areas, but seriously, you wouldn't even know unless you really had a close look at it. It's, it is very, very good condition for its age. Um, 
so I said, yeah, you, basically, if you wanted to take a different approach and you wanted to part this machine out, you would get a mega load of money for that play field because yeah. it is in exceptional condition um, and very, very hard to get um, these days. Um, and depending on the, the way that Hankin separated their boards is there were four boards in the back box and more of the power-related stuff in the lower cabinet. And I think the boards in the back box containing all the game logic and everything, I didn't take them out, but they actually looked from the surface to be in relatively good condition. Um, and that was interesting as well because the back box took a, a little bit of water damage as well. Like you could see um, when, you, when you opened up the back box, um, the light board that's inside that holds all the little you know, lights for the illumination for the back box, that was all swollen. And like it was chipboard and it was all swollen with water damage. So it's had some water in there, but pinballs being pinballs, they're, they're pretty waterproof if you have them done up relatively well. Mm -hmm. And this one, I reckon some of those boards, which are as rare as hen's teeth, um, those processor boards, um, could be viable still. So he may be able to sell some of those and get some money so he can do the repairs and the other stuff. Like a lot of the metal stuff on the playfield was rusted. But you can clean that up with rust dissolver and a good wire brush. Just give that a good rasping and get a lot of that rust off. And you, you can sort of salvage a lot of that stuff. Um, I reckon he's got something that would probably flip if he spent enough time on it getting the rust out of it. Um, and it's pretty exciting to see because you don't see them very often at all around. No. One thing that I found um, as part of this investigation is there's a um, Mike from HomePin, the guy who's doing the Thunderbirds pin. Um, yeah. And he set up a factory in China. Well, he's on Aussie Arcade, uh, which is, as I was saying last week, a little bit like Pinside, but for Aussies. Um, and I knew that he was on there. I was following a couple of his Hankin threads. And I just decided, oh, look, I'll just send him a message. Um, because about two years ago, he did a short run of some of the driver boards and stuff for Hankin, since that he has a license to reproduce Hankin stuff. Okay. And I thought, well, well, it's no real harm asking him. So... I sent him an email and said, so, yeah, um, are you considering doing a, a new run of these boards? And he goes, well, frustrating thing is I've got all the board components back in Coranda, which is a, um, a sort of uh, an area in North Queensland. Um, but I really have an opportunity to get back to Australia, being my operations in, no, in China. China now. So, so I can't really get my hands on them. And I said, yeah. And listening to the Pinhead Pinball podcast where they were describing just how hard it is to get stuff into China, I said, oh, and it's probably going to be almost impossible to get them into the country because of China's crazy import rules. He goes, well, I could, you know, get them sent to my Hong Kong office and then like physically carry them over the border, which is what you can do to get around the problem. But he says, like, I was getting only about two orders a year for them. So it's not really at the moment worth my while. But he yeah. said, and also I'm struggling to get Thunderbirds like produced because it's way behind schedule at the moment. So it's pretty much Thunderbirds or nothing at the moment. So yeah, <laughs> I totally get that, mate. <laughs> like, you've got to get the pinball out. Otherwise, people are going to kill you. Um, but he said, look, it's, I'm not ruling it out, though. Like After Thunderbirds goes out, I'll have a little bit of extra time to look back at some of these things that are hanging around. And it's more than likely that I will get a chance to actually do some more driver boards up. Um, which is why I've advised a guy not to just cut the plugs and hardwire anything because right. it may be possible that he can actually go and get brand new boards for this thing and get it back to working condition again as it originally was. Mm -hmm. And that would be pretty awesome. So there was a really interesting little trip yesterday. Like yeah. I was quite literally salivating over the playfield because like to see a playfield in that 
condition uh, is really, really rare. Um, the only thing that was really wrong with it was some of the plastics were slightly chipped, but not to the point where they were cracked all the way through, just a little bit chipped on the edges. Yeah. And some of the inserts were a little bit sunken, which you can easily correct with a heat gun and just like, loosening up the glue. So like that's really all that would need to be done to the play field to get it back to normal again. Like it was so it was really good condition. So yeah, oh. the guy's on to a winner there. Oh, what's our next thing we're gonna talk about? Oh yeah. Yeah. I know what we're talking <laughs> about. Uh, but I don't have any good segue, so silence. Um, so silence is a segue. So, yeah. We uh, today being Saturday, the day that we're recording this, it also is. It's uh, April thirtieth, uh, May first for Jared, and uh, mm. this happens to be the last of our tournament of the months for the first four seasons. Sadly, yes. Yeah, for the we we for went two, through four three, seasons. Right? The first four seasons of uh, Pinball Arcade, uh, playing a table a week. Uh, there was only a handful of weeks where we uh, skipped a week to play. Basically, we're doing four four tables a month uh, and then running mm. a tournament at the end of each month. So here we are yeah. at the end of that. 61 tables uh, wound up being truly 60. 61st one was uh, Black Knight, which... It's unplayable in tournament. It's just plain unplayable. It's just not... <laughs> well, yeah, it is. Yes. Like, particularly in a tournament, because it's just so full of bugs. Like, yeah, there's just no exactly. way that you exactly. can reliably count on it. Um, so anyway, uh, I'm not saying farewell forever to Tournament of the Month or Table of the Week, but on the other hand, I'm definitely taking a break from it myself. Um, mm. we, we have thrown out the invitation to others if they would like to do anything regarding Table of the Week or Tournament of the Month that uh, they're free to do so. I will uh, help promote it on the Pinball Arcade Fans uh, website and, you know, sticky their threads, make it, you know, post on top. I'll do links via Twitter. Um, you know, do whatever we can because if people want to keep this alive, let's keep it alive. But uh, I, th we have a, a core of about 24, 25 players. Um, that have been showing up religiously every single one of our tournaments. And then there's just been this, you know, at one point we had 54 players, I think, enter one of our tournaments. I think that was 54 the, was a loss. <laughs> that, that was a really good, yeah, that was a really strong uh, entry. Um, and since then, like I said, it's, it's significantly dropped off. So, uh, yeah, it's just one of those times where it's time to take a break and let people breathe from it. And uh, this will allow me to play some more Zen tables instead rather than each week going, oh, I got to play this other TPA table. Um, mm. To that end, I haven't even played. I've barely touched season five yet because I've been dealing with all those, you know, the preseason four and season five is virtually done. So, um, yeah, right. Yeah, like I said, it'll give me a chance to catch up on the tables myself and uh, get up to par. This was initially, as we've said, uh, done so that I could do all my wizard goals <laughs> for all yeah, the seasons past and get them all chalked off. I didn't get all of them done uh but i certainly i did more than made good inroads of them. into them oh yeah, yeah. i mean there, Me there's, i think i have well discounting season five which like i said i've barely touched um i think i only have six tables that i haven't fully completed mm. so not too shabby out of 61 it's pretty good <laughs> yeah, pretty good yeah i 
I've already played some of my tables last night on recording because I'm from the future. And um, so most of them were pretty sort of average games. I'm not really, I've still got one game left officially to play on um, Junkyard, but I think I'm just getting the phone and what I, what I did, which is about 30 million or something like that. Um, I had this one game on um, Who Done It, which was, I think, the best game I ever played. Um, and it was weird because the kids were both hanging off me. <laughs> uh, while I was playing it, like quite literally, I was sitting at the table and they were huddled around me watching me play this on my tablet and they were helping me plunge and not really getting the skill shot, but it didn't matter anyhow. Um, and I ended up getting something like 15 billion or something Jeez. like that. I know. <laughs> and I just went, uh, okay. Uh, I had some very good roulette playoffs. Put it that way. <laughs> tell me, tell me. Okay, here's the thing. I didn't play any of the roulette because I literally don't know that table. Uh, I do, mm. I so don't think of that table that when I was writing up the uh, the score uh, entry site, I always put which mm. tables you know are being played. I could not remember for the life of me what that table was. <laughs> I was like, oh really? No, no. I was like, Good okay, time. I know junkyard, I know jackpot, I know eighteen twelve. What's our fourth table? And I could not yeah. come up with the name of it. I had to go back, look on the website, see what our table of the weeks were, and I'm like, oh yeah, who done it? Uh, I completely forgot it. So I go and I play it, and I'm like, I don't even know what the heck I'm supposed to be doing. It's just like Mm. zero knowledge. And that roulette thing came up, and I was like, oh, I do know that this is one of those things where if you risk it, it takes those points away from you. Yes, it does. And then I went, (laughs) "Mm, I don't even know what the shot is that I'm supposed to take or what's supposed to happen. So I I refused to risk it. It was just like, Mm. why bother? You don't, you don't really have uh, a shot to take. You go, yep, I will gamble the money, and then a little DMD animation plays, and if your little ball lands in the correct um, red or black slot, you get the money. Uh, you oh, get the great. Points. So it's, not, it's, it's zero skill. No, zero skill is just luck, but I think you can affect the, um, the way it pays out by shooting certain targets on the playfield. There's like a red and a black target yeah. on the uh, playfield, and I think it's either side of the elevator. Um so, if you shoot one of those targets, um, it will, I think it will kind of lock in what one is actually going to be awarded. So, if you shoot the, um, the roulette um, award feature and actually play it, you have a better chance of winning. I, I will openly admit that in that 15 billion game, I had a couple of 2 billion score um, uh, lost. Um, so I, I lost that the two billion uh, once or twice, and after that, um, I had a, a couple of good ones where I got three or four. I think like it was a big score because um, that's a, that's the thing with the game. The higher your score in the game, the more you you can actually risk or lose, okay. uh, like win or lose. Or in my case, it was risk or lose. <laughs> it wasn't win right, or lose. Right. <laughs> But I just went, oh, I'm high enough now that I don't really care. I'm just going to risk it anyhow. And I managed to pay off. It was like a $3 billion score or something like that. I went, wow. okay, I'll take it. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's one way of playing that game. Of course, the other way is just like getting really good jackpots and multi-balls because there's a number of different multi-balls in that game you can play um, okay. uh, throughout the course of it, which is quite good. And high-scoring rounds like um, Penthouse Party is a really high-scoring round where all you basically do is shoot the elevator over and over and over again. And each time you get a, um, a lane in the elevator exit, it gives you about 150 million uh, each shot. So 
you just yeah you can get a heap of points doing that um so that was the highlight of of this very final um uh tournament of the month for me but the rest were average games i think i got something like 30 million on on 1812 <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's more than enough for me i won't be playing that again <laughs> uh, and uh what was the other ones we had um jackpot uh jackpot uh, i think i got like three billion or something on it which is pretty low for that game because it's such a high scorer um and um junkyard i think i got a paltry 30 million on it it wasn't really a great game but i'm just going to let it ride because they've got a busy day today. So well, that was, yeah, really that was just it. I did, uh, you know, junkyard. I did uh, twenty three million, and mm. I had to look in the instructions because I forgot how to collect uh, junk. And I, you, the only thing I knew, and I knew that's how this was going to go. I was like, if I don't get to space in the first I'm gonna, ball, I'm going to have a really low game. That's that's just yeah. how it is going to be because yep. that's one of those games where you can earn a ton of extra balls. But obviously, we can't yes. play extra balls in in the tournament. No, we, and we so, sure no. enough, I collected a whole bunch of extra balls, but it did me you know, had zero. Had to plunge them out. Yeah, had to plunge mm -hmm. them out. And the, and the plunging isn't worth any score. You know how there's some games where you can still at least you know do a skill shot and get some score. There's nothing to score on. Uh, Most of know. it is fireworks. All you get is fireworks. For right. The so you know, it adds a little bit of bonus to it or whatever. But you know that that's it. Um, so yeah, that was a really disappointing game. I've done it. I scored one billion, and you mm. know I'm just like that's fine because I'd done a practice run and then a table run before that, and both of those were in four hundred million range. So to me, it was like, hey, I doubled my score of what that's good. Previously did so, yeah. um, you know, from not knowing the game at all, fine. Uh, Eighteen twelve, I didn't even do a practice run. I was just like, let's just get this hell over with, and I scored fifteen. Let's phone it in. <laughs> so, totally that's what I did with it as well. I, I was totally like, I, was like I just know shoot this ramp over and over, and you know that's all I'm going to do. Um, yeah, just keep on then, shooting the uh, ramp. Jackpot. I've been playing. I've been playing all week because I have three wizard goals left. I have mm. the uh, the dice game, which is you got to get it up to uh, 20, 20 million, and then you have to do the cheat game in order to get it to double. Yep. And then I need four of a kind, which again is you need to get three aces and then get the cheat game to get the four of a kind. And that really bugs me for a wizard goal, where it's now you've gotten it, but now it's relying on the game to get you know grant you the cheat because you don't always get the cheat. Oh, um, right. Okay. And then the final one is to get the mega visor, uh, hit that 25 times. And, uh, you know, so collect the 15 uh, jack jackpots. And then uh, you got to hit the visor twenty-five times, and then that activates that uh, wizard goal. So I've been wow. So you got to hit it. You got to get fifteen jackpots before Mega Visor starts. Yes. Wow. Yeah, that's a that's not an easy it's thing to do. It's brutal. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it was one of those things where I thought it was just get the fifteen jackpots. So I finally got mm. that, and then I didn't get the goal. And then it was like, oh, now I got to hit this twenty-five times, and. You know, by that point, risk draining pretty much every time because it's a risky shot. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. and I lost control of the balls, and then you know, down they went. So, anyway, yeah. I was very disappointed with my jackpot score because I got three point five billion, and oh. one of those things where it was like, again, I'm so used to collecting uh, uh, extra balls and playing with those yeah. and getting much better scores with those that, but you can't like. 
strategy rethink with the way we've set the tournament up where you, you know, not yeah. on extra balls, it screws with you. Um, it really does. Yeah. Yeah. I had to let a number of them go in, in, um, um, who'd done it as well. And it's like, oh, well, yeah. Oh, that's right. I got to plunge this one through, don't I? Oh, okay. Yeah. And <laughs> it's a bit of a, you've got to think about doing it because it's so, you're so used to just plunging the balls until you mm -hmm. have none left. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, oh, yeah, this is actually an extra ball. And there are some games, not in this particular collection, but um, that don't really advertise extra balls that well when you've actually got one in the shooter lane. So you right. have to really have your wits about you. Yeah. Yeah. So it makes it, it makes it sometimes challenging. Not in this round, though. It was pretty straightforward. Like everything was well indicated. Yeah. But, so um, the, good, yeah. the good news for you is I believe that I matched up with uh, on two of the tables with you. So congratulations. <laughs> nice. Winner. Yeah. yeah, you won't get fourth place on those. Um, what I do need to do, though, is actually post my scores because I haven't done that yet. So I should no. probably go and do that after we finish here. There you go. You should go post those scores. Uh, and I just, mm -hmm. I do want to just, my sincerest uh, thanks to everybody for actually uh, playing in these tournaments. It has been fun to uh, to do them. I've certainly gotten to know the community uh, that has been playing it a lot better. Um, mm. and, it has uh, been really good for that perspective. Yeah, it has been. And, and, that's been a lot of fun, and uh, who knows? Maybe in a couple of months we'll uh, officially start up with some more uh, table of the month kind of things. But um, mm. right now, I think the the enthusiasm has has waned a bit. Um, and who knows? Maybe those people that uh, like we have a guy by the name of Snorzel, uh, or that's the screen name. He's going to be hosting one in May, and you know it'll be a different set of rules and a uh, different way of playing. And, you know, maybe that'll uh, catch everybody's uh, fancy for, you know, reinvigorate how people want to play. But in the meantime, we are going to be on a break from that. So. Yeah. We'll still be doing a podcast though. So you'll still we have to listen be. to us. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Well, why don't we, why don't we end this one? So we have things to talk about next week. That's probably a good idea. That is a heck of an idea. So, uh, Yeah. If you want to uh, keep in touch with us, you can talk to Let's try that again. If you want to keep in contact with us, you can do so on Twitter. Jared is at Jared Morgs. I am at Shut Your Traps. The show is at Blockade. You can also visit our, web, uh, our website, which is blockadepinball.com. Don't yep. forget about our T-shirts represent.com forward slash blockade dash shirt. We will see you all next time. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. See you guys. Wizardamusement.com The West Coast leader in classic pinball. Makers of custom pinball shooter rods and buyer specifications. Swap out your standard ball plunger with something themed to your specific table. Installs in less than five minutes with no custom tools. Even if you don't own a table, Looks great as a pinball memento to admire. Prices start at $39, but mention Blockade Podcast to receive 10% off your order. Wizardamusement.com. Sales, restoration, customization. Don't forget to leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast hosting service that Blockade is delivered to. We can't improve unless you tell us how. Now stop listening, place pinball.